Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Allen. Conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom. All right, welcome to the Drew Allen Show. Pardon me here. I'm doing something I've never done before. Me and the captain are running this show live uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, and on uh, Right America Media here. So, you know, I really wanted to weigh into this. It's a really timely issue. Things are breaking as we speak. Um, and uh, look, I want to weigh into this because, you know, we're hearing a lot of chatter out there, right? I mean, there are all kinds of points of view on this. And, uh, and, and of course, many of them are valid. But I, I got to say, you know, um, I, I'm looking at this right now and, you know, fear, fear is motivating those individuals who are demanding that the 20 holdouts vote for McCarthy and end this debate. It is fear. Now, what is motivating the 20 holdouts and what is motivating the uh, many Americans out there who are standing behind uh, these brave patriots? And that's what I'm calling them patriots. You know, a lot of people are calling these folks uh, rebels. They're calling them traitors. They're calling them all kinds of awful names. Uh, but I'm calling them patriots. And look, I have come around to uh, to join their side. And I'll, I'll explain why throughout the program. Many of you are not going to agree with me, but I think it's an important thing that we discuss here. Now, I said fear is motivating the people demanding these 20 holdouts uh, cave. Now, anger and frustration, that is what is motivating the 20 holdouts to stand firm in their opposition to McCarthy. And, and, and you know what people are not telling you about this, by the way, right now? People are not telling you that the Republicans, including McCarthy, knew that we were going to be in this situation. And you're hearing all of the hyperbolic rhetoric out there from the media, from the establishment, uh, and many people that, that you know, frankly, I admire. Uh, and, and I've got to say that I have to part ways with them and back these 20 brave patriots. Um, the Republicans knew this was coming. Uh, look, all of them. McCarthy had, had months to build a winning coalition. And so far, he's still been un unable to do it. But despite knowing that he didn't have these members backing him. And, and look, nothing changed. He's known before this, that 218 votes was needed to make him speaker. And he didn't have the votes, but he went forward with it to be anyway. I mean, it had to happen. The vote had to, had to happen. But he went into this knowing the situation was, was going to take place. And I'll tell you what, what irks me right now about all of this. You know, the media, the establishment out there, the McCarthy's, the, these people, they are using the tactic that the media and the Democrats use to, uh, uh, you know, basically the hostage tactic, right? Every time they, they need some budget deal, every time they wait until the last minute and say, oh, we need to fund the government, you know, right? And then they say, look, look, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be a disaster. We have to just do this. This is the best we can do right now. And yesterday I said that I hoped that these holdouts would come around to joining McCarthy. And I'll explain why I've changed my opinion. You know, when I said that yesterday, I didn't see a path forward. I didn't see what the strategy would be for the uh, 20 patriots out there opposing McCarthy still. 
Um, because right now, as it stands, you know, a lot of the, the Republicans, you know, they, they've been nominating Jim Jordan, right? They want Jim Jordan uh, to run against him. Jim Jordan has made a deal with McCarthy. Jim Jordan also says that he is happy, content to be on the House Judiciary, the chairman of that committee. And that's a good place for him because he has been instrumental uh, when, it, when it goes all the way back to, uh, you know, Trump-Russia collusion and everything else. I mean, he is locked and loaded and ready to go after the, the Democrats in terms of investigations. But the, the 20 holdouts right now are gaining momentum. Things are changing. And, you know, I started going back and looking at a historical, a historic perspective of what's going on. And I'll tell you what, you know, I think it is now or never. If not now, when do you make this stand? You know, this has been happening to America for too long. And, and here's the other thing people aren't saying. What's happening right now in the House, and now we, we've gone through five sessions, five uh, uh, votes here, and McCarthy has not, been, has not been chosen the winner. He hasn't gotten the 218 votes needed. And, you know, this is not really about the speaker position. It's about so much more than that. So much more than that. This is about two decades or more of pent up just anger, disappointment, betrayal by rhinos against the American people, stabbing us in the back time and time again, lying to us, betraying us, as I said. And McCarthy is the face of that right now. And Americans are fed up. I mean, you know, we're mad as hell, hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. I mean, look, this and this is this is what, you know, the detractors fail to understand. And this is my problem. Look, I'm going to analyze all the sides of this and tell you what my rational conclusion is and why I feel the way I do. But they don't even try to understand why we feel this way. They don't even try to come and talk and meet those 20 individuals who are frankly representing us, the American people, standing up against the establishments. They don't even try to understand. They dismiss them. They attack them. You know what, Captain? Get clip uh, cut one ready to go here. I, I want you to hear. This is one of the other reasons that I stand with these 20 because this is the, 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 the sick attitude of the hatred that is just dripping from the lips of the establishment towards we the people, right? Any opposition to them makes us their enemy. When they have been the enemy of you and me, of Americans, of this country, for as long as we can remember. So here is Crenshaw. Here is the very face, the very reason, the very attitude, the very reason behind these 20 brave patriots standing up to McCarthy and the establishment right now. Go ahead and play cut one, Captain. Go. This handful of members is um, uh, very clearly looking for notoriety over principle. And that's what it is. And anyone who suggests differently is um, in, in, in some kind of make-believe fantasy reality. It's not, it's not true. They lost those debates. That should have been the end of it because that's how a team works, right? You hash this stuff out, you figure it out, and then you move on. But if you're a narcissist, if you're a narcissist and you believe that your opinion is so much more important than everyone else's, then you'll keep going. And you'll threaten to tear down the team for, for the benefit of the Democrats. 
just because of your own sense of self-importance. That's exactly what's happening here. We will not vote for anyone else but McCarthy. These people think they're stubborn or more stubborn. They think they're not going to get the communities they want. Well, obviously they won't, but it's going to be so much worse than that. You know, they are enemies now. They have, they have made it clear that they prefer a Democrat agenda than a Republican one. Well, you know, why, why is McCarthy the only person that they're willing to vote for? That's what I don't understand. Here's the question. Oh, well, you 20 Republicans out there, why won't you vote for McCarthy? It has to be somebody else. Yeah, there's many options that they're willing to entertain, but for them, it's McCarthy. Now, remember, McCarthy tried and failed to run for speaker in the past, right? This is 2015. Do you remember John Boehner? John Boehner was speaker of the House, and there was a saying back then, fire Boehner. That was the chant from conservatives. And, and here's the other thing that changed my mind. The tide is turning, and I can sense it, and I can feel it. Now, the media wants you to believe that these 20 Republicans cannot make a difference, that, that you know, all of this is, is futile, this effort is futile that they're doing. But there were about 25 Tea Party conservatives, Republicans, back in 2015, who were opposing John Boehner and made it clear that they were going to do so should he run to be speaker again. And you know what John Boehner did in 2015? He retired. He retired. He announced it in September of 2015, and he was out by October of 2015. Because what? 25 Republicans said, no way. I I'm telling you that, 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 that there is power behind these 20 more than you know. More than you know. And what happened? You know, Boehner betrayed us so many times. I mean, he attacked, you know, remember the origins of McCarthy? This goes back to Paul Ryan, goes back to John Boehner, the very people who betrayed us time and time again as speaker. You know, Boehner, he was back there sounding like Crenshaw in 2015, attacking conservatives because, you know, conservatives spoke out against Paul Ryan's budget deal, which, what did it do? It raised taxes and did not reduce spending. Now, remember that the Tea Party, part of the reason, much of the reason they were elected, not just because of Obamacare, not just because of this insane socialism that was taking, that was proliferating in America under that administration, but also because of the budget, because of what was happening with our deficit and the national debt, which has only increased since then. And now both parties are to blame for that. But the point is, these people come in, Boehner's, Paul Ryan's, they convince us that they're some kind of fiscal conservatives. They're real reformers. And when Paul Ryan, remember, when he was running as vice president with Mitt Romney, you know, conservatives were, were really happy at the time. Uh, Limbaugh supported him. Uh, so did uh, Mark Levin. I mean, basically every conservative out there was really excited about it because, you know, they believed because Paul Ryan presented him, him, himself to be some kind of some kind of, uh, you know, rebel out there that was going to shake things up and do the right thing. And then he got in there and he was a swamp creature. He was part of the D.C. establishment. And so, you know, Paul Ryan's budget deal, I mean, these people would never fight. And you know what happened when uh, the conservatives, when Boehner uh, was threatened by the 25 Republicans, conservatives who said, hey, we're not voting for you for speaker. Well, Democrats came forward and they said, well, we would be willing to vote for Boehner to keep him in there. That should tell you everything you need to know. Betrayal. And, you know, Boehner, he, uh, ineffective, completely ineffective, wouldn't do anything about Obamacare. And then what happened? So McCarthy was next in line in 2015 because he was 
Well, he was underneath John Boehner. And, you know, Boehner never did officially endorse Paul Ryan, to my recollection, but but he gave an unofficial endorsement because he did say that that he would make a great speaker, talking about McCarthy. And so McCarthy, you know what? Play this clip of McCarthy. Get a, get cut, actually, cut three ready, Captain. Now think about McCarthy right now. McCarthy is adamant that he's going to stay in there. It's worth fighting for. I mean, the guy pulled the Joe, Joe Biden, right? When, when Joe Biden set up the phony office of the president-elect to uh, give himself legitimacy before, you know, the election results could really be finalized. And of course, they were never investigated, hence J6. But, um, but here you have, you know, reports and images of, of McCarthy, the entitlement, right? He was moving his stuff into the, the, uh, the uh, speaker suite already before this was even done. I mean, the optics of this, the attitude behind this, I mean, that alone irks me as well. But here we have today McCarthy saying, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not stepping down. I'm not going anywhere. You know, it's my time. I've earned this. Everyone's saying, you know, he hasn't earned anything. But think about his attitude now and think about his attitude in 2015 when he didn't have a consensus behind him. He didn't have a consensus. So McCarthy said this in 2015 when he stepped down and decided not to run for speaker. Go ahead and play cut three, Captain. Go. One thing I've always said to earn this majority, we're servants. We should put this conference first. And I think there's something to be said for us to unite. We probably need a fresh face. I'll stay on as majority leader. But the one thing I found in talking to everybody, if we are going to unite and be strong, we need a new face to help do that. So nothing more than that. I feel good about the decision. I feel great to have my family here, my colleagues. I think we're only going to be stronger. Uh, we fought hard to win this majority and turn this country around. I don't want making voting for speaker a tough one. I don't want to go to the floor and win with 220 votes. I think the best thing for our party right now is that you have 247 votes on the floor. If we are going to be strong, we got to be 100% united. And I think, you know what? Let's put, let's put the conference first. Well, where's McCarthy today? Let's put the conference first. You know, you can't get, you know, based on what he said back then, well, 222 votes is all that'll do, right? A completely united party behind him. Well, he cannot unite the party. They're not behind him. He's got, what, 200, well, minus sub 20 votes. So 202 votes or something like that he keeps getting. And of course, Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat, is getting 211 votes. Now, there's something people are, uh, are fearful about. You know, Andy McCarthy had a piece out there the other day. Um, what happens if some House members start voting present? Andy McCarthy at National Review. Now, this is speculation. It's not going to happen. But look, I mean, basically, the 218 votes that we're talking about that are necessary are, are, are only required based on uh, those who are in attendance to vote and those who are actually actively voting. So if you vote that you're present or opt not to vote, you're not counting in that 435 majority, you know, member total, if that makes sense, right? So if you got 435 members in there and 20 of them decide to say I'm present, well, suddenly you need 20 less people uh, in the total count to get a, a, a majority vote. So, you know, McCarthy here speculates that, let's say that in order to register dissatisfaction with Kevin McCarthy, Republican members were to vote present rather than voting for a named alternative such as Jim Jordan. 
If there were enough present votes, New York Democrat Hakeem Jeffries could be elected speaker with just the 212 votes he amassed in round three from the unified Democrats. Anyway, now this is not likely to happen, but this is this is part of the fear campaign out there, um, you know, to get people to cement and make McCarthy the speaker right now. And by the way, what's the big deal about having this long drawn out process? Is anyone suffering because we don't have a speaker of the House right now? I mean, this is like a, a government shut. Oh, my gosh, the government is shut down. We're all going to die. No, I like this process. Why can we not enjoy and appreciate this process? Because it's time for this process to take place. I, I, I am tired of there being no change whatsoever. And you know what? The worst case scenario, McCarthy ends up getting the votes he needs, but it requires him to make additional concessions. Why is this a problem? You know, politics is very ugly. It's brutal and it's in the public and we're watching it. Now, the, the issue for a lot of Americans is they're just trying to to ingest all these different narratives and everyone has some politically motivated, you know, selfish motivation, uh, generally speaking. And so it's hard to trust. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example, I think it's pretty shocking for a lot of people that she's throwing her weight behind McCarthy. Why is she doing that? Well, some have suggested that, you know, they have blackmail on her, that McCarthy has blackmail on her. You know, she recently, you know, divorced her husband. She's got kids. Uh, there was an alleged affair or two while she was married. So, you know, not everything meets the eye. And right now, everyone's doing everything they can to put out these narratives to make themselves look good and to try and force public opinion. This is very much about public opinion right now. And, you know, something interesting is happening, though. You know, uh, uh, some people are making a big deal out of uh, Byron Donalds, right? So he's the one now uh, who is getting the votes for speaker. He is now the alternative to McCarthy. You know, in the first round of voting, you know, some people voted for Jordan. Uh, some people voted for, for you know, an, an array of people. But now they're voting for Byron Donalds. They're not voting for Jim Jordan and splitting the vote. They're all, these 20 people are voting for Byron Donalds. Now, Byron Donalds, on the first two votes, voted for McCarthy. And after that was shown to have been futile because he wasn't getting the votes needed, Byron Donalds changed his vote to Jim Jordan. And people are, are thinking that's crazy. Why would he do this? But, you know, the point is, all that needs to happen here for the conservatives to win is to force McCarthy to step aside. That is the ultimate goal on their part. And if McCarthy continues to prove that he cannot make moves, cannot get these 20 people to vote, well, what are the options? And a lot of people are scared of the alternatives, but you know what? Real change requires risk. Real change requires sacrifice. And, I mean, how many more years, how many more decades can we continue to be run over by these establishment types. I mean, I, I, I just don't know what to tell you. I mean, everyone says the stakes are high. They are high. But, I mean, what's the alternative? I mean, our country's going to hell. And the problem is the Republican Party. The Republican Party. And we're hearing the same, you know, arguments as, as we've heard every single time before. You know, they're talking about us holding the country hostage, these 20, you know, individuals. Why are they not the ones holding us hostage? They put forward somebody who couldn't get a consensus of the vote. Why was McCarthy the guy that had to be the Speaker of the House? 
Every time we're told that it has to be an established Republican. And that's what I'm sick of hearing every time. You know, back then, you know, you know what um, Nancy Pelosi said back in 2015 when Boehner stepped down? She, she and the Democrats came out and they said that it was seismic. And it was evidence that the far right had hijacked the Republican Party. I'm telling you, folks. It's the same crap we hear every single time. They do not want us to make a stand. They want us to be scared. And why is it that only an establishment Republican can win? Why can a conservative Republican not win? I'm sick and tired of this. This is what is killing the Republican Party because we stand for nothing. We get nothing done. And the Democrats, of course, do a much better job attacking and using their media and everything else to portray Republicans as something. And Republicans, because they are, are kneecapped by the establishment, can never get anything actually done to show and prove to the American people what the alternative is and to actually pass things where people can say, look, my life is notably better because of what these conservatives did. But instead, I mean, I, 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 it's just outrageous. So let's hear what uh, Chip Roy, I want you to hear what Chip Roy said on the floor of the house yesterday, because this was the point he made. And I think it's worth giving him a moment to speak for himself. Go ahead and uh, play cut four. Go. We've got Congressman Chip Roy, uh, who is just joining us. Congressman, thank you for joining us. Um, you have been one of the people who's leading this charge against Kevin McCarthy for the speakership. You had voted for Byron Donalds. Where, where does this process stand? And in your mind, because you have said that you potentially remain open to voting for McCarthy, where is this process headed? Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Uh, and first of all, I, don't, I wouldn't say I've been leading the charge against McCarthy. I've been leading the charge for my constituents who are tired of the swamp, continuing to do what the swamp does. And we saw it on full display with a $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. Now, my friend Jim Jordan, who just nominated Kevin McCarthy, who I, who I also consider a friend, uh, said that, hey, we need to put the people in place to stop bills like that. But that's the problem. Everybody's out there saying, oh, we got everything we wanted. We got rules changes. Let me tell you something. We have no way to enforce those rules changes. The Speaker-elect has a history of voting with Democrats and voting with the minority against the majority Republicans over the last decade. He's been Speaker or in the leadership of Republicans since 2009. During that time, the debt has gone from $11 trillion to $32 trillion. In other words, we want to be able to have a check against the swamp. We made good faith, good faith changes. We worked hard to get them, but we needed a little bit more in order to assure that we have the power to actually stop the swamp from rolling over the American people who are sick of bills that spend money we don't have, are sick of open borders, are sick of empowering the bureaucrats to go after them, and we're sick and tired of a Congress that's not doing its job. So this is about changing this town. I wasn't sent here for second place. I was sent here to get the job done, and we need the leadership and the tools to do it. So, Congressman, to be clear, you are one of the 19 who voted against McCarthy as speaker in the first vote. Our producers yep. tell us you have not voted yet again. Safe to say you are a no again. Well, it's not a no. We're voting for names. I voted for Byron Donalds, my friend, a conservative, someone who is not of the swamp. He has been here only for a couple, now his second term. Uh, I might vote for some similar folks who have a track record and a history of standing up to the swamp. What I'm not going to do is blindly do what the swamp does. My constituents didn't send me here to do that. Is anybody listening to this actually happy with what Congress is doing? Is anybody out there? Are you? Bingo. 
Is anybody out there happy with what, with what Congress is doing and has done for a long time? I mean, I, I just don't have it in me to attack these guys. Look, I've tried to look at this from every single angle, from the pragmatic side. Now, look, I don't want Hakeem Jeffries uh, to become the Speaker of the House, but that's not what we're talking about here. That's not what we're talking about here at all. I mean, look, these people, both the conservatives and the establishment type, they decided to play a game of chicken. McCarthy was the guy. That's what we were told. But he never had the votes. If you know you need 218 votes and you know the guy can't get 218 votes, well, he's not the guy. If he can get the 218, great. We'll be a stronger party for it. But this idea, this idea that these 20 people who are representing the feelings and emotions and sensibilities and the zeitgeist of this moment in America for those of us out there who are sick and tired of this because nothing changes no matter who is in charge in terms of these elected officials. I mean, Paul Ryan opposed Trump and, and got in the way of his agenda. I mean, every time you have somebody step up and try and actually make meaningful change in Washington, D.C., which would benefit the American people. I mean, we are drowning right now as a country and the Democratic Party is incapable of saving the country because their agenda is anti-America. Their agenda is devoted to destroying America. They are a Marxist communist party. That is who they are. And so our only alternative in this country in a two-party situation, which is not going to change, I'm a realist, a, a pragmatist still, still, even though I'm idealistic, is to reform the Republican Party. If we cannot reform the Republican Party, then there is no hope because the country is lurching left and left and left. And really it's going down and down and down. Back to the swamp, you know, from which, which we crawled. And I, I mean, to me, I mean, at some point you've got to make a stand. I mean, I've seen people make comparisons to 1776 or 1775, just before the American Revolution. And it's not a stupid point to make. Because at that time, people could have gone either way in terms of what to do. In fact, for most Americans, the colonists at that time, it was very unpopular. It was very unpopular. And actually, you know, a third of the colonists ended up fighting for the British. But, you know, those who had the gumption, had the courage to stand up and say, look, enough is enough. I mean, they took a risk. And they changed minds. And that's what I see happening right here. I mean, McCarthy thinks he's going to sit here and wear down all of these, uh, uh, you know, conservative holdouts. But they're wearing them down. And does somebody really think that the Republicans out there, the establishment Republicans, that they're going to make a deal with Democrats to get one of their candidates? If they do, whoop-de-doo, that's McCarthy too. I mean, I, I guess, you know, again, I, 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 look, I'm not saying that the outcome can't be McCarthy still, but I'm saying if it is McCarthy, then he's got to convince these holdouts who are basically representing us because we don't want to go down this pathway again of the do-nothing, betrayal, establishment types. Well, they're there in the room. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great 
young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative to this guy for wisdom. You can hear me, right? Yeah, something from your end because I get I'm getting zero signal, audio signal from you. You want to go? You want to go out and come back in and see?